On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we've got some NFL talk for you. We're going to talk college football playoffs, maybe a little high school, definitely some NBA, big deal, no thing, and so much more. Are you ready? Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing? That's easy like your doggone hands. That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Or to be a part of the show, you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, at Carolina Sports Talk. YouTube, we see you out there too. We appreciate you. Man, oh man, oh man, it is a good thing to be back out here with you guys on the show. As always, I got to welcome in my main man and yours, DJ Highstar, in the Bills Night Yielding. What's good with it, bro? What's good, what's good? Carolina Sports Talk Nation, what's happening? Bredrin, how you been, man? It's been a little minute since we had a chance to kind of kick in and chill a little bit, man. Get on the air, hollering at the people so well. What you been up to, bro? Yeah, um, let me see. This past weekend... Um, on Saturday, found myself out there uptown. Ended up going to the ACC um, championship game. So at the same time, like, it was like a Hornets game, kind of during the day, like early evening, late late afternoon, and uh, they have like the Christmas stuff set up at Truist Field. Okay. So the traffic and and parking and stuff like that was crazy, but. Um, got a chance to catch some of that Florida State um, Louisville game. I know we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's a pretty good time. Word, that's what's up, man. Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, all of the high level of basketball that I got a chance to check out this weekend. Um, man, your boy have been grinding and working all week, man. Sports just felt like the time joining the sports world this week, man. But um, had a chance to announce for the state championships. Down at uh, the stadium, in Oliver C. Dawson in Orangeburg, South Carolina, campus of South Absolutely. Carolina State. Uh, got a chance to see two quality, those two out four quality teams in two quality games, and uh, really great experience with that. Had an opportunity, to, of course, to call in for Clinton and for South Point. Then we also had a chance the Battle at the Rock tournament this weekend over at Northwestern High School uh, down in Rock Hill. Man, it's just been an amazing week. Of sports and all of this coming off the heels of what we talked about last week with the Benedict uh, uh, second round playoff game as well. Just yeah. really great, just great level of sports all the way around, man. And I'm just been excited of how much I get to see today's talent in college. Well, tomorrow's really in professional talent out in the college field, um, and a bunch, a bunch of the today and the future, even with high school level. Yeah, definitely high school level. South Carolina high school basketball, man. Oh man, it is. All the way alive like that. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go and actually to witness it. Um, several players that I had a chance to call for this weekend are committed to big time program. One to uh, South Carolina, Graham Cox, who I know we'll talk about a little bit later as well. But just, again, a lot of high level talent and, and a lot of high level games being played throughout the area. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I saw that you was definitely 
definitely running around and, and busy uh, um whatnot last week so salute though uh to all of that talent and stuff like that and it's a transition right now from football season to basketball season it's a lot of two sport athletes and stuff mm-hmm. three sport athletes out there so you know it's best best time uh best time in the world right now really and even in, to mention that there were teams like uh south florence the south florence bruins who have a pretty quality basketball team, but several of those athletes are also on their state champion, well, uh, state runner-up team um, in a big shocker that kind of happened down in, in Orangeburg with them losing their state championship. But um, a lot of those two, a lot of a lot of those athletes, as you mentioned, are two sports. Right. And so not having them at this tournament this weekend kind of hurt them a little bit there as well. But January, you see these teams start to kind of get into full form. You see them. Those players coming back, you'll also see them ramp up their level of play, getting ready for region play and kind of let the state championships begin to take form, man. So we're definitely excited. And all of those actually this year will be held down in Florence, South Carolina. The entire state mm. will be there for both the lower and upper state as well as for state championships. And so, again, great basketball. But as you mentioned, we're transitioning from basketball season, well, from football season into basketball. But there is still some great high level of football taking place. As example of what we saw this weekend in the NFL, kicked off on Thursday night with the Cowboys in a pretty convincing win over the Seahawks, 41-35. Colts over the Titans, 31-28. Falcons over the Jets, 13-8. The Lions take care of business against the Saints, 33-28. The Texans over the Broncos, 22-17. Chargers in a close one and not really that close, 6-0 over the Patriots. Wow, what's going on up in New England? So, the Cardinals over the Steelers, 24-10, taking care of business in Steel City. Dolphins over the Commanders, 45-15. Panthers fall to the Buccaneers, 21-18. The 49ers over the Eagles, 42-19 in the game I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little while. Rams over the Browns, 36-19. Packers over the Chiefs in Sunday night football, 27-19. And then in Monday night football, the Bengals ink out in overtime over the Jaguars, 34-31. Bro, some really good football. I feel like that was really executed just now. I feel like that. I enjoy that a lot more than I probably should have. But nonetheless, a uh, lot of high-level football that, that happened. Which kind of games kind of stand out to you right now? Uh, you know, I, like you said, it was some great matchups. Because, <laughs> no, I said, you know, because, you know. You don't want to tip easy. your hand before. That's what I'm saying. It's easy to talk about that <laughs> with, with impressive win, disappointing loss. But, All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump. Um, sh- let's jump straight to it then. With your, I guess, disappointing loss of the weekend. Let's start there. What team was the most disappointing loss for you in the slate of games? Um, I'm going to go uh, with perhaps a shocker, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, the Steelers dropped one to the Cardinals, the 3-10 and 10 Cardinals. 24 to 10 um dropped the Steelers down to yeah and they were in Pittsburgh dropped the Steelers down to 7 and 5 and they had an opportunity to um to just you know kind of separate themselves from um you know from the rest of the pack um as far as a th- yeah for for wild card um in their in their division but so that was that's my main disappointing loss so i i i, I like to pick um 
I, I give them a little bit of leeway, I think, simply because Mitch Trubisky is the is, is quarterback for them right now. We know what type of quarterback he is and what he has been. So um, I think they believe in Kenny Pickett. I don't know why exactly at this point they do, but they really do. And so even not having him there in that point kind of makes this a different team. So I think I, I wouldn't have them there as mine. But I will tell you what was my most just boggling the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't understand how, like, I understand that, okay, this is a get back game for the 49ers. And so that in some instances can probably very likely make this your pick as impressive win. But to me, it's more about the Eagles and how they did not show up. It's like everything that they tried to do, even, even up into the fourth quarter when Jalen went out, it's like nothing seemed to go their way. And so, I just want to say that I think that's why for me that's their biggest re- the, the biggest loss for me. Yeah, that's um, I would definitely goes down as one of my honorable mentions of the week, and okay. I, you know um, I'll go into it more an impressive win, but I'm, I viewed it more as a dominating uh, win, um, more or less. But yeah, it was definitely disappointing considering that they were at home as well, and uh, these last couple of weeks they've allowed teams to get out on them early mm-hmm. in and they've kind of um they've been able to catch up and um come from behind and, and get these blue collar wins and this time it didn't go that way for them as far as the team that they were playing. Christian McCaffrey had a great game, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so there was there was a lot from that game to, to take away. But yeah, I was I was putting a little bit of that with my impressive win. Um Okay, let's let's jump straight to that then. Who was your impressive win of the week? And then we'll go back and get honorable mentions for both. Yeah, actually the Green Bay Packers. Um, okay. Green Bay Packers won at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the six, they Green Bay went to six and six, and that dropped Kansas City down to eight and four. Um, it was the Jordan Love show. Honestly, he he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. He was at home. It was a um, another step for him of progression. Like you could see a step of growth uh, with this, uh, with his performance. Like he is comfortable with the younger guys that's out there. Then you got some of the vets in the backfield and things like that. So um, yeah, it, it was an impressive win all around for Green Bay. They they held Kansas City to just 19 points. That's ultimately we sat and we watched the game. It, everything you said just now was very well said. And I think that's <laughs> had it not been that I knew you were going to pick that one, that probably would have been mine as well for the week. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take and I gotta go a different direction. C J Stroud. The Texans take down the charging, if you would, Broncos. We know that they have been playing some solid balls, so much so that we it's saying, oh, was it what could we talk about Russell Wilson is being kind of back, but here comes CJ Stroud and, and, and the Texans and they proved to be consistently getting better throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Um, D'Amico Ryans is coaching that team. CJ Stroud is making rookie mistakes, but he's learning. He is showing that he is talented despite what the test may have said and made them get nervous here in Charlotte. 
the kid is doing his thing, and I'm just really impressed with that franchise. And I'm a little bit envious because I wanted I wanted both of them, <laughs> and I felt like that could have absolutely been us here in Charlotte. So I'm bitter, but I'm I'm, I'm appraising them because I, I knew that they had the capability to do exactly what they are doing. So definitely big huge shout out to the Houston Texans fan and CJ Stroud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, some of my um, honorable mentions kind of include Detroit uh, with them. They jumped out to a 21 nothing lead on the Saints in the first quarter, but they end up beating the Saints 33-28. to um, And then also, I mean, we saw, we saw what the Cowboys did kind of Thursday night. They, that was a great game, so more or less I wanted to shout out the overtime games this week. The Colts beating the Titans in overtime, and then also the Bengals over the Jaguars last night. Uh, that was a pretty interesting game. Um, Trevor Lawrence went out. Yeah. Um, you could tell when as soon as he got hit, he knew what it was, too. And as we watched the replay uh, and saw his lineman step on his ankle, and then as he was falling, the defensive lineman came and fell back on that same leg as well, kind of making him land even more awkwardly. So it, it, you could see he just was in frustration immediately. We hope the sunshine is better and begins to shine a little bit more in Jacksonville pretty soon with his yeah. injury not being too serious. I saw... Um I don't know really how to describe it, but um, his his argument for MVP and stuff would be more or less that his his value to the team that he brought to the team is that all he knew how to do is win. That's one of the things that like Cam brought to the Panthers to where mm, um, that drive almost like uh, for lack of better terms, allergic to losing. So mm. when you get those losses, when your leader doesn't like that in the locker room then it kind of reverberates with the rest of the team and stuff and it, it shows on you know these these rebound games and stuff that these teams have so when he went down you could tell it was a big blow to the to the team um as a whole and everything like that um i, I did want to mention again what i was alluding to earlier one of my uh, honorable mentions for impressive wins um was again the 49ers but it was a again a dominant win, dominating win, but uh definitely impressive to do that out in Philly. Uh kind of get some revenge or get back from last season. Um and one in, in particular one, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um of course Christian McCaffrey, a healthy Christian McCaffrey is always gonna give you solid um play in, in stats, but um the game was close. Uh San Francisco, they scored before the end of the half. Uh, so they had a one-score lead. Um, and then they got the ball back in the beginning of the second half, and they scored again, and take it, they capitalized on getting the ball back at the beginning of the second half. So they stretched their lead out some. But prior to that, there was, um, of course, a commotion on the sideline mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. their head of security from the Eagles um, being on the sideline after Devontae Smith got slammed by um, a linebacker. Uh, from the 49ers so the player from the 49ers puts his hands in the um, security's face and kind of causes a commotion and gets kicked out rightfully so but just as it turned out uh, the head of security had to ironically or bizarrely leave (laughs) and leave the rail Mm -hmm. um which which you felt like if you're watching the game that that was going to be a momentum shift 
for Philly and that they was going to kind of click, turn it on or whatnot. Galvanize. Exactly. And then what happened was Christian McCaffrey made a outstanding run to get a first down and Debo Samuel caught a pass. It was like a, a crossing route, I believe. But once he caught it, his yards after catch was north-south. He didn't look to kind of go to the sidelines and dance or anything like that. And the coverage that they were in, I think, you know, it, it was probably man coverage or whatnot. So him going north-south, it separated him from everyone, let alone his speed. So he was being untouched. And, he, you know what I mean, nobody touched him until he got to the goal line, until he was about to get into the end zone, which he eventually did with that play. So it was um, definitely a dominating win. Uh, one of my honorable mentions for for impressive win. I got you. They executed. I think that they did what they were supposed to do, and Philly didn't. I don't feel like this was the best representation of what the two clashes should be. And if we see it in a postseason, I don't think it will be the same. I honestly don't. Um, that's why, again, that was my disappointing loss. Because, again, San Fran executed. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, exactly what they wanted to do, but Philly was not this Philly team that we had been seeing. It's similar to me to what the Panthers were in Super Bowl 50. That w- If we had played our game and played what the Panthers were capable of doing and lost, I'd have been sad to say, hey, good win, y'all beat us. But that wasn't us. That was a shell of what that team was. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about this Philly team with, with the performance I saw against the San Fran. Well, there's a couple of things with that real quick. Is definitely that um, with the... With Philly, again, they, they had a, a false hubris, if you will, or, or like a false sense that um, that things were going to start swaying their way after this situation happened. And it was similar to like the Colo- the early Colorado games where they would ride off of emotion, where they were infused with emotion, Philly, and, um, and San Francisco just smacked them in the mouth as their response. And gotcha. and they weren't expecting that being at home and everything like that. They thought that they were going to kind of be able to ride with that energy. And it didn't happen that way. It didn't go that way for them. But it was still, again, a close game um, up until San Francisco turned it up and, and, and stepped on the gas a little bit with that one. Right. Either way, it was a great, great matchup. Like I said, I don't know that it'll be the same outcome in the postseason, but we're definitely, definitely excited and looking forward really? to seeing it if we can as a repeat. But speaking of postseason, NCAA has now reached the college football playoff announcement. As you all heard, number one seed, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. Number four, Alabama. Uh, we know that the championship weekend kind of was Crazy with Alabama taking down then number one Georgia, Michigan, of course, taking care of business, which allowed for this setup. And even down here, the game you mentioned here in Charlotte with the, I said to say 49ers, with the Florida State Seminoles mm-hmm. taking care of business and winning the ACC championship, snubbed and left out of that top five, top four slots were both Alabama, excuse me, not Alabama, were both Georgia and Florida State. What are your thoughts? Just let's start right there with those teams that were brought in and those two specifically that were left out. Uh, I mean, uh, is like for lack of better terms, anticlimactic pause, <laughs> like for real, because I don't know where to start at. But we know that we know that NCAA football wise, especially and basketball, to be a powder keg 
and it's just a matter of time before things, you know, they implode or explode. Uh, but something's going to blow up. But, like, whenever you're considering the money going around and the, the, the rules lax as far as transfer portals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you mentioned it last last week. Uh, but it's just uh, NFL farming system or a minor league pretty much for the NFL. Um, so moving to another topic as far as competition and competition committee and things like that when they first introduced the four team um playoff at that time there's a lot less consolidation and a lot more um just you know bowl games everywhere and stuff like that and right. everything and four never just seemed like it it always seemed like it was um uh kind of a sample size or like like a just a a a, t- a test a beta or something you know what I mean like all right we're just gonna try this out see proof of concept yeah I, I get what you're saying yeah it, it was it's always a matter of time before it expands but you're gonna have this type of conflict in the transition years in other words like before it expands to the teams it does we're gonna have these type of situations in other words or those scenarios of why it should be more than well, and and that that takes me to actually what I was getting ready to say. This is the last year of the four team exactly. system. With next exactly. year going to eight, they absolutely wanted to make the reason known why they need eight. They needed to justify because there's been a lot of argument about why no four is enough, and if you did it at X Y Z. But then to have your defending champ, your defending national champ. That was number one in the country for the majority of this season, proving why they were the dominant team to have slipped and fallen once and be completely out of national content, national championship contention is bananas to me. It is it is crazy and beyond me. I understand the arguments that are made, even Florida State. I hear what you're saying. You play in the, in the ACC. No shade. You beat Clemson. Congratulations. Carolina could have if they had actually had a line that was blocking. But all of that being said, I'm not even a Georgia fan, and to leave them out of this is nuts to me. It is beyond me, and I do not understand why or how they could even begin to do that with the exception, the singular reason of saying, hey, this is why we need eight. We're willing to do this to show it. And they did. And I think the national championship will be a little bit lesser of it because no disrespect to Washington, but I don't think Texas, I think Texas will beat Washington handily. And whomever wins Michigan, Alabama is your national champion. It doesn't even matter at that point. So yeah. I'm disappointed. I just, and this is, I I get it, the fatigue. This is the LeBron factor, the Jordan factor where it's like, yo, we get it, y'all are good. Okay, but we want to see who else is good. Can they be as good? No, they're not as good. And so as it is what it is, but yeah, um, you mentioned it, the fatigue factor, and it's you know interesting to see these powerhouses as far as like these schools, um, like a Nick Saban or the storyline of what's going on with Harbaugh and stuff, and to have them uh, there. <laughs> all taken away from the Sportsman of the Year. Shout out to the Sportsman of the Year, um, <laughs> Deion Sanders, uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe, Sportsman of the Year. But, um, I know. But, yeah, he uh, again, he ushered in a lot of eyes back on college football, and then you have all of these headlines, 
you know, bizarre, wacky headlines kind of ushering us out. And it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of football. I mean, it's because the, the, the thing is, it's a high level of football that's been being played. Absolutely. All season. So it's a lot of teams that are vying for, for a position and stuff like that all season. And like a team like Georgia feel like they had it locked even, you know, going into their championship game. Like even if something happens this championship game we still did enough showed mm-hmm. enough to the committee as far as our dominance all season that you know we should you know have a seat at the table and um yeah it just didn't happen like that like i guess having it it, it reminds me of the division um the division races right now and and i think we'll get into that in big deal no thing a little bit but you know what happens when you have two dominance in a sec what east or mm-hmm. SEC West or whatever, or two dominant teams in a Pac-12 like Oregon and Washington or something like that. So, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, it's tricky. But like I said, the NCAA is a powder keg, and <laughs> like real talk, like between uh, the transfer portal, NIL, gambling, um, you know, it's is 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 about it's a mess. It's, it's been a mess. It's gonna be a mess. At the Ballot the Rock tournament this week or showcase this weekend, I had the opportunity to have a discussion and a conversation with several um, of the high school coaches throughout North and South Carolina just on their perspectives on a lot of different things. And we ultimately started, started talking about college football, just, you know, coaches or sports guys talking. And we talked about how NIL has literally changed college football into professional football at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we, we talked about it a little bit here on the air about the right, NIL, and right. you just mentioned it. But at, at the end of the day, that is the system. That is the new you norm. You have to kind of acclimate or you have to adjust regardless or get lost. Exactly. And with the playoff now expanding to eight teams, with these super conferences at this point being established, you've now almost divided yourself into the perfect professional league sizes. And, and so I really hold, like I wholly think that we are ushering into a new era of college football that will become the new norm. And it'll reflect more similarly, like you just mentioned, even in the playoff races and in the divisional races in the NFL, that's what we will ultimately ex- see this become. And even from the high school's pr- perspective, there are state South Carolina, uh, North Carolina and Georgia currently have NIL deals with their high school students. And so you see so many of the recruitment things that are being put into place. We talked about it last week, and, and we even talked about it at the tournament this weekend in depth about the multiplier rule that be put in place next year with South Carolina, where for every student that transfers and or attends a school that's out of their zone or out of their region, it will count three towards their enrollment. So um, there are several schools that have a lot of transfer students, um, that have smaller classifications, but with the level of transfers or the amount thereof, it's going to bump them. And so we'll definitely it's see some tremendous realignment throughout the state. Not. Exactly. And it'll affect different sports differently. Some for football powerhouses that have 60 different transfer students on their team, that's going to bump them from being 2A, maybe up to 5A. And that doesn't even count or, or doesn't even take into consideration the amount of traditional students that will be a, 
counted in that as well. So let's say your school has a STEM program that is, is able to, based on school choice, bus in students from all across the county. If they're out of their zone, those STEM students will also still count towards your enrollment triple. And so it's just, it'll be definitely interesting to kind of see how, if and or when South Carolina enable or enacts the NIL similar to what Georgia and North Carolina, because if they know that their students are transferring in state, what then stops them to transfer out of state into some of these opportunities Mm -hmm. to be more lucrative as a high school student. So we've always known about the Oak Hills and the Notre Dame high schools and, and the Gonzaga preps that come and will get talent from across the country. But now with as many have access to the NIL, it's it's just a matter of time before we start seeing them leak into the uh, both of the Carolinas a little bit more. So that just the, the whole professionalization of sports, man, that's going on right now is of amateur sports. Yeah. Of amateur sports, man. It's everybody want a piece of the pie, bro. Yeah, yeah. Put that on the uh, list of money laundering. I think that's the name of the episode too. Everybody want a piece of the pie. Mine. Mm. My my title of the episode was gonna be um, Bay Area Rent, but um, I'll explain to you why later. Mm. So, um, the tease. <laughs> Pause. Or, yeah, San Francisco Rent. Um, yeah. So, with with that being said about the high school ball, I did want to mention um, real quick the um, I got to see for the second time on TV. The Lady Gamecocks, um, they okay. played the team on the other side of Tobacco Road. I think, I think that I think we talked about the UNC game mm-hmm. last show. Great, so that that falls kind of perfectly because I, I, I saw them play Duke. It was a similar situation um, where they allowed Duke to keep the game close, and um, you see why Don Staley is Don Staley. <laughs> um, real talk, like she she coached she that she game, doing. yeah. So toward the end of the game, um, she brought Malaysia Fawali in and Cardozo, um, her um, her big for lack of better terms, and they um, it was a it was a close game up until that point, maybe about five or six minutes left, and she gave them that experience to uh, go be great, pretty much like to to close, you know what I mean, and. Uh, and they closed out the game and beat Duke 77 to 61. But like I said, the whole game, it was close. Um, but think about it like this. You, you just said it. She's, she's showing who she is. It's intentional that, yes, the, the, the first units without them will be in closer games. games. Clo- right. The game will get tighter. She then also now gets to have them coming off the bench fresh exactly. at the end. When you've been playing your best players exactly. the entire game, and so yeah, it's a little bit closer of a game, but I'm almost guaranteed right. now because they're going. My lates are going to be better than your starts. Exactly at the end, it's it's oh, it's and that's why I like professional sports needs you know those that type of leadership. You know, you look at football players, basketball players, and stuff like that, and you think to yourself, you know, these, these are grown men and stuff, and they get even baseball players. You know what I mean? Like they can do whatever. But or even down to a NASCAR driver, mm-hmm. you need a pit crew and, and somebody that's you know that's watching those type of things that you're not watching and stuff, and you know the the smallest of details, 
you understand that the basketball game is like a rhythmic thing and ebbs and flows. So she's kind of playing, you know, to the rhythm of the other coach, like a boxer would and stuff like that. So, it, yeah. And, and again, we talk about it every week a little bit, and that's, I think it's great. But the level of women's college basketball right now, um, you know, Juju Watkins out there in South in um, Southern USC. Cal. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, just again, everybody that's taking their best shot at South Carolina as well. Um, it's, it looks totally different than, like, five years ago, ten years ago, you know. And, and we Diana Taurasi was dominating everyone <laughs> or whatever. But even here's what I want to say as a as a longtime women's basketball fan. It's the it's the same way that the game of in the NBA, and we'll talk Absolutely. about it a little bit, has elevated and changed throughout time. Women's has has gone on its rise and we're in an era where the college players are the stars that will then now translate into the WNBA. And I think Mm -hmm. they are intentionally growing that league and this visibility is starting when you have these types of programs that we're vested in and watching these players go and be great. And like salute to the Cheryl swoops of the world and like the um, Cheryl Millers and stuff like that. I grew up, um, in my YMCA days and stuff like that and, and playing on the AAU circuit where, you know, those girls were participating with us, you know what I mean? And they were playing with us to where you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. That's just how, how you know, talented and skilled they were whenever they were playing with us. Um, and now, to your point, just like the same with baseball and, and girls softball the same with football with young men the the training and stuff like that is so much more accessible at a younger stage you have a larger pool of um, athletes with experience professional experience that you know after their careers they they they're available to train you know what I'm right. saying so there's a bunch of training that's available much more um, but definitely salute to the old school you know, women's athletes that kind of that that paved the way, if you will, like the pioneers of the of the game. And and, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention science. LeBron James is the greatest athlete to have ever performed in professional sports history. The science and the money that he puts into his body has allowed him, even at his older age, to like I, I got to give respect to who he is, but. What, did I just give respect to LeBron James on the air? Who am I? Wow. No, but at the end of the day, he's the best athlete ever. And I think that type of science is what's more readily available for those willing to invest. You see young high school students putting thousands and thousands of dollars into the things and the, the products that they use to the treatment just to like, just have you seen the pictures of their facilities down at USC. And so even those women athletes are different types of athletes. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see how the game continues to grow. And like you said, just elevate from where it was to what's next. Because if this is what's now, what's next? Yeah. That's that's a, that's a scary thought. But think, speaking of scary thoughts, can you imagine a world without NFL and NBA on multiple nights of the week? Ooh. <laughs> but 
But no, that is the privileged land that we live in currently where we do have NBA basketball uh, that is actually going on right now. Do you want to update us on some scores that's going on while we are recording, Bradrin? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, with the in-season tournament currently, the quarterfinals are going on. So yesterday evening, you had the Pacers beat the Celtics 122 to 112. And the Pelicans actually beat the Kings 127 to 117. Uh, currently this evening, my Knicks took a took the loss to the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, one forty six to one twenty two, and the Lakers are currently um, up on the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, fourteen to eleven um, out there. So that's what's currently going on with this in season tournament again. So looks like the Bucks will be playing the Celtics. I mean the Pacers, excuse me. Right, and then the, the loser Pelicans. of the game plays the Celtics. Yeah, and then the Pelicans will play the winner of uh, the Suns-Lakers game. We talked about it off-air before the show that I was not just super familiar with the format. I know we talked about it last night as well, but watching a little bit of it and listening to them and getting a recap, um, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued at this point to want to learn more about it. I think what aesthetically did it for me was watching that game with the um, just the way it looked like a video game. And that just was new and it was different. And it was at least something to me like, hey, I might want to watch an NBA game now. So we'll see what's happening. I know that we have a game going on. Uh, if it's not yet started, it's definitely happening later on tonight as we are recording. No, that's all. Yeah. Y'all are y'all are up by a little bit over the Suns. Oh, I completely missed that score. Mm-hmm. OK, so let's go Lakers. So I don't know what it is about playoff or winning something that's not regular season, but LeBron and boys seem like they're getting up. So we definitely look forward to seeing the outcomes of that. But let's hear your thoughts on the Carolina Sports Talk line as we get ready to talk a little bit more NBA. Uh, Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, so that we can know what your thoughts are about the play, not play-in tournament, about the in-season tournament. Tournament, But let's jump back into it, though. Yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, one Tyrese Halliburton, man. He's been doing his thing with um, the Pacers. He just put up his first triple double um, whenever they defeated the Celtics the other evening, yesterday evening. So, um, yeah, shout out to him 26, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. Big game. Um, but, yeah, salute to Halliburton. And that's his first, right? His- his first triple-double, yeah. yeah. But he's been doing his thing. Um, one of the league leaders in assists. Um, but he's he's definitely been, you know, low-key one of my favorite guys to watch this season. In his last three games, 13, 10, 16, and 21 assists. The boy's balling. So definitely big shout-out to Tyrese, man. Yeah. Salute. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, outside of that, like I said, the that's the the headline. I gotta figure out, and I'll um, bring it back to y'all next week. What the um, <coughs> who the winner of the tournament? Um, I think they get like a guaranteed spot or something like that in the playoffs. Something or the other. I I gotta figure that out. I, I heard him say something about the not commissioner's cup, but something cup, and you being the inaugural and. You're getting extra money. So there are definitely a lot of incentives. I, yeah. missed, I, I must have missed the guaranteed playoff spot because, listen, I I definitely play hard. I think it was something. Yeah, it's something like that. But I got to oh, I gotta God, research that crazy. a little bit. Yeah, now. Nah. A little bit more. 
Well, right. like a big deal. You said it, it, <laughs> it is something like a big deal. Matter of fact, it's such a big deal. Let's go straight into That's it. A big nah, deal. that ain't no thing. You know the segment. We talk headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or no thing. But I'm going to yield and let my dog DJ High Star run him tonight, dog. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So we're gonna start off here in South Carolina. Uh, the headline is South Carolina's Dawn Staley explains why Malaysia Fawali was benched in win over North Carolina. Uh, you think it's a big deal or no thing? Nah, that's not a thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Okay, and I'll say the same. No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Um, so give a little bit of context though mm-hmm. um, When she was asked uh, Well first and foremost Again with the North Carolina game I mentioned it last week I was looking for Malaysia I didn't know what was going on And um, she saw limited time uh, Due to um, what Dawn Staley Referred to as another player Being more hot defensively um, And kind of mentioned uh, A couple of Fawali's Missed assignments on defense which turned into three-point uh, plays for the for the other team. So it was essentially like um, kind of a learning lesson if, if if you look at it from that perspective. But nevertheless, that that's kind of that's you know what I mean the foundation of that. Very much the same. I said it wasn't a thing just simply because you can be the person, but if you're not executing like it, you could be the person on the bench. And, and I think it was more just along, like you said, a little tightening up to help her to realize you can do what you do well, but the things that you don't do well, you're going to also have to do well. And, and I think that lesson was learned because the young lady, when she does get the opportunities, is playing up to that level. Um, so along that same line, how much of it do you think that offensively she just is that much better? And then defensively, it may need some of the tiredness of the superstars or I say superstars but the other teams primary and or playing against second level to be able to excel like that do you think this is more a training move or an humbling move yeah I mean more so um, and I I don't think Don Staley's really in the business of of quote-unquote humbling our our players or anything so I think it was a a coaching uh, move to um, similar to to Dion and, and how he treats or handles Travis Hunter but to bring out the best um in in her before she reaches the next level like um talent wise a lot of times when you're coaching for that long and around the game for that long you can see things in other people that they don't see in themselves so the the type of athlete that she is I know Dawn probably feels like um you know that that effort could be matched on a defensive end um, but a lot of the reasons that you said, of course, you elocuted it well of why it's um, no thing for me is because Don Staley um, has kind of an even hand and treats all of her players the same um, or is going to treat them all uh, with the same level of tough love, you know, regardless of who you are. You mentioned it. Um, you got Cardoza on there um, and a couple other um you know, high level recruits and nobody is treated like, like the star on that team. Right. Definitely. So now, and again, I agree. That's exactly why I said it too. (laughs) So, um, the second headline that we got here and big deal, no thing, LeBron's wild feud with Rockets coach, Ime Udoka caught on tape. Um, and you know, it's got some expletives there, but what did uh, he call him? 
soft A boy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what do you feel like? Uh, big deal, no thing, no. I'm gonna after the, the, I'm torn, but I'm gonna just go this way. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm gonna go with big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, just give it a little bit of context there. Mm-hmm. The other night, um, the Lakers were playing the Rockets. And um, there's a heated exchange between Ime Udoka and LeBron James. Um, Udoka was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but told the Lakers um, to stop whining or stop, um, you know, another another expletive, if you will. But uh, James approached, started approaching uh, that bench and essentially said, you know, you could use different language, you could use different words. And Udoka was like, well, what you going to do about it? You know, and he eventually got ejected from the game uh, because it was his second technical foul. Um, but that's that's the context for that. Right. So you say no thing. Go ahead. I have to put on my Charleston accent for just one moment. Man will be man, boy. Look. Uh, <laughs> and but I, I think that. Something was said, something else was said, and now, hey, well, what's up? It is what it is. Let's go. Um, and so, to me, that's not a thing. I, I don't think that I think they will hold any animosity or anything like that, but if it comes to it, they just know what it is. <laughs> so, that's why, to me, it wasn't no thing. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Um, so, the again, the leaked audio is Udoka starting off with, stop crying like some bees, man. LeBron says, we're all grown men. That B word ain't cool. And Udoka says, soft A boy, stop being, acting like you're going to do something. So that was the context of it. I say big deal uh, for just a couple layers of reasons. It adds to um, the fire between these two teams. The other night when I was watching the Eagles and the 49ers, it was chippy the whole game. And it was like Mm -hmm. that added to the entertainment factor and value of the game even though it was just contentious. A good thing about it like that I like to see was at the end of the game, Eagles players and 49ers players dapping each other up and talking to each other and stuff. Um, and, and it's similar in this fashion, maybe not like the dapping up at the end of the game and stuff, but it adds to uh, the entertainment value when you know that when these, they genuinely when these don't like people each other. play each other, yeah, they have a reason that they want to beat each other. Um, not to mention the Dylan Brooks out there in Houston. And really a lot of, you know, the Internet's going to be the Internet. So there was a lot of um, older clips of LeBron handling Ime Udoka uh, in his mm. playing days and showing that. Um, so he's still better from that. <laughs> yeah, because it was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like he was working them, right? Right. So there's a lot of layers to this thing, um, and you know, salute. I'm not, I'm not all the way pleased with LeBron for how he handled it, because if you look on the film and stuff, he kind of looks towards the ref and uses like preferential treatment. But salute to him for not being as low as he could have went. You know, NBA. We know about the Kevin Garnett to the world and all of that. He could have easily said something about Nia. You know what I mean? Real easy. Ke- up and Kevin Cartnett has said less for worse. Right. Worse for less. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that that's that with, with that one. Uh, I wanted to wrap this up here with a report. Title reads, Goodell wants Eagles tush push permanently banned. Uh, big deal or no thing? 
I'm say big deal. That's a big deal. Right, I'm gonna go that way as well and say big That's deal. That's a big deal. Yes. So again, whether it's called the Tush Push, the uh out in Philly, they're calling them the City of Brotherly Shove, and then more recently from the Sunday night game. Green Bay. Yeah, they were saying it's the love shove or whatnot. <laughs> uh all of it is nonsense. I kind of reacted and and I kind of forecasted this. I, yes. I can look back in the, you know what I mean, the archives, but yeah, I, I just, it, it, competition wise is starting to get out of hand. It's something that's, you know, again, quarterback sneak is enough to me, but that is just, I, I feel Low like it's an unfair, right? Well, one more quarterback sneak, you're saying? No, with or that. Or touch push? Yeah. Touch Low push man. is an unfair advantage, I feel. Um, Why? The, so, if I have a fullback leading and a tailback or a halfback getting the ball, that fullback has to go and make contact with, you know what I mean, the um, the defender or whatever like that to make a block. Same on any kind of, like, pulls with, like, the guards and stuff like that. But with this, you have a committee of the players behind, you know, the ball carrier just, again, literally pushing. That's just... It just feels an unfair advantage. You know, it, it. there was a time with the league where something had to be done with regards to um, extra point snappers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The way that they had to be defended. Like, there, were, there was a time where, all right, one person, like a Troy Palomalu or something, made the leap popular. It worked. It started working. And it got a little... It got a little it's crazy, like so it's like, yeah, <laughs> let's reel this thing in. Right. I think that before they see this getting out of hand and before they see any kind of crazy stuff going on, before there's a 350-pound lineman that has a ball with two of his, you know what I mean, second-string linemen from the bench pushing them in, they're just trying to nip it in the bud. And I said big deal for similar reasons. It When it became something that nobody could stop, I knew it was not going to be something they were going to continue to allow. So um, it's against the fair rules thing. It's it's almost like some of the rules that used to go against like uh, Mike uh, Mike Wells, (laughs) Mike Vick, and Randy Moss. And them. it's just Mm -hmm. it's it is what it is. We saw it coming. You called it. I'm not at all surprised. It's a big deal because if he's saying it now, go ahead and expect that. Y'all can get them all out this pause this off season because after this, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, it's something else that I called as well. What's that? Um, <clears throat> so last week, you uh, you stated that if the Panthers follow your blueprint, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they, no, 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 shh, it's it's a late night. It's a late night recording. Relax. Relax. Go ahead. You said if they follow your blueprint. I did. Of running the ball. Mm-hmm. That they would not lose no other games this season. You now, what they did, hold on. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard, 25 carries, 104 yards, two tutties. And the Carolina Panthers are 1-11. Mm-hmm. So, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have one more division win. To go ahead and hang on their uh, on their record. So, I, Big Cliff, 
fully and wholeheartedly of free mind and sound body, acknowledge that the Carolina Panthers not only listened to Carolina Sports Talk, but they made a declarative statement of just how much they as a franchise hate me. Because not only did they listen to the show and do exactly what I said that they needed to do, but they showed their disdain for me and said, we're going to do exactly what he said to do and still lose. <laughs> and so I was, I literally was riding home Sunday night and said to myself, I have to acknowledge that the Panthers hate me and I'm okay with it at this point. So, yes, you are correct. I definitely did say it. Yes, they definitely did do it and lost. I think that says all that that needs to say right there. Yeah. So Anything you want to holler? Oh, I'm sorry for No, no, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll, go ahead and close it out. Go ahead and say <laughs> what she was going to say. Is there anything you want to holler to people before we get up out of here? Yes. In a week, in a week where we did not do trivia and stuff, I mm-hmm. feel like that's a moral victory. Um, I'm going to go home with that moral victory. Uh, <laughs> with regards to the Panthers. Um, by proxy, you know what I mean? And so just by me being wrong, push. you're right. Yeah, and then the tush push thing. Or city of brotherly shove. Or the love shove. Love shove. <laughs> yes, you were right. I was wrong once ever in life. And that's it, because after that, there's no more. There is actually no more this episode. We appreciate you tuning in, as always, on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play. Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net, or be a part of the show through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Carolina Sports Talk. We appreciate you people. Until the next time, we about to here. Peace.